Love Talk Radio. Hello, folks. How are you doing? It's Danny Tisdale, and you are listening to the Harlem World Magazine podcast. It's the podcast that we love the most. And on today's show, as we love to do, we speak to leaders, legends, and trailblazers who are helping our readers live their best life and style. But before we get started, before we get started, don't forget to get more Harlem content, tips, tricks by following us on Apple, iHeart, Alexis, and tons of other platforms where you can sign up for our Harlem World Insider e-letter uh, or leave a review or a rating and share the episode, this episode on social media. Uh, really excited about this show. It's not the first of the year, but uh, second or third, uh, but we love talking about real estate, especially real estate in Harlem. Uh, we have a special guest today, and that is with Rob Hare. Uh, and uh, Rob is the owner of uh, Harlem Lofts and um, known Rob for quite a while. How you doing, Rob? I'm, I'm good. I'm well, uh, Danny. Thank you. Oh, good. I, I said, boy, he, I hope my voice hasn't put him to sleep. Uh, just a little <laughs> bit about Harlem Lofts. Harlem Lofts is a boutique real estate firm incorporated in 2002, and they're right on 272 Lenox Avenue in Harlem. And Rob, I've really been excited to talk about this uh, new piece that's uh, part of uh, your annual, not so much annual, but your monthly uh, uh, real estate piece with us. And in, in the piece we're about to post uh, over the next couple of days is uh, talking about housing development, or talking, should I say, about the Housing Development Fund Corporation and its cooperatives. Uh, what's going on there? And uh, can you tell us more about these, these? Well, first, tell us about the corporation itself. Well, H, most people know it as HDFC, and uh, HDFC has been around since I've been up here for 22 years, uh, and a lot further back than that. Um, some of them that we have a second company, Harlem Property Management, at 270 Lenox Avenue next to us, and they we, they manage maybe uh, or we manage probably 18 to 20 HDFC buildings. So that's where I gained most of my knowledge about the HDFCs, and then. What they, you know, in the 80s and 90s, the buildings were not being taken care of by the landlord, and the city was taking them back, and the city didn't want to have real estate, and they wanted more ownership, so they started turning the buildings over to the tenants. And some people are familiar with the TIL program and some of the programs that were the mechanism to make this happen. But basically, tenants in these buildings that were derelict and not being maintained and given up on by the owners in the 80s were given the buildings, and they were given their apartments uh, for as low as $250, and they became owners. And then wow. HDFC trained the new owners to create boards and run the business, the co-op as a business, and they had training programs, and, and that's, where it, that's where it started. And it's, they're still around today, and they're, they're, they're part of the fabric of the community for sure. And it's really, um, it's, it's really and, interesting and said, how it played out. It was a great program. It came with flaws, but it was a great program. Intentions were, you know, wonderful. Intentions were wonderful. Um, <laughs> and you had said that you manage a few of these uh, cooperatives? Well, I found it, well, back in, uh, I guess, 2012. Let me, sorry about that. In 2012, our company was growing, and it, it peeled off. Harlem Property Management Incorporated as its own company back in 2012. 
And since then, Harlem Property Management, which is located in the building next to Harlem Loss, manages, I think, uh, 18 to 20 HDFC buildings now. Yes. I see. Oh, you're busy. So they manage um, the building for the board. Manage buildings for the board. And so uh, in the upcoming article, what are you focusing on in the article uh, for our readers? Uh, their involvement or? I guess, I, I guess. You know, again, they've been around for a while, but right now, it, you know, affordability and housing affordability in Manhattan has always been a challenge. And this is one area of the market that a lot of the, say, the real estate players don't stay involved because, you know, there's there's right. less money involved and there's it's not set up. It's set up to deter investment, investors and investment. It's set up for more of the community, for for people who want to live in the community and make a modest income, they can afford to buy and live in their neighborhood. So some of the real estate, you know, the people that are just concerned about real estate, maybe they don't pay as much attention to these. But as far as, you know, I've, you know, I've been in the community for 22 years with four kids born in Harlem. So ironically, uh, I'm more interested now because my kids, my oldest is 18, uh, 19 now, and wow. he's like, well, Dad, what am I going to do? And I'm like, you know what? Um, have you thought of an HDSC apartment? Have you thought of buying in Harlem? Right. And it's something that they can, he could afford. He's from the neighborhood, and that's that's it's it's a beautiful thing. And and is that what the um, HDFCs are focused on? Those who are already living in the community. And on on top of that question. Um, Rob, uh, if there aren't, I think I heard you say, and I may be paraphrasing here, that there aren't a lot of real estate companies focused on this. Uh, why is Harlem Loss focused on um, HDFC and, and managing some of the uh, spaces and places? That's a good question. Um, I, well, because I live in Harlem and we are, you know, I have become part of the fabric of the community as the HDFC buildings have. So for me, it's more of a neighborhood thing that I'm doing. It's, um, you know, there's there's not a lot of money to be spread around, and that's a good thing uh, right. because they keep it keeps it affordable. But for me, it's a neighborhood. It's I don't know. It's it's me giving back. I'll tell you when I get out of bed in the morning, helping an HDFC gives me more satisfaction than any other any other uh, thing that I do from a satisfaction standpoint. It's not as financially rewarding, but. Um, being from the neighborhood, yes, it's it's important. It's a good piece for the community. And um, you, you mentioned obviously your your son, uh, eighteen, nineteen, uh, not in his twenties yet. But you know, for some of our readers who are listening, I think some might be qualified, some might be might not be qualified because maybe they make too much money. Uh, but who are these? Um, you know, housing development fund, corporation cooperatives, you know, really meant for uh, income wise, uh, uh, family oriented or more on a single side. You know, who is the perfect fit if there's such a term for these co-ops? Well, again, the intention of the plan was, you know, really done well and it was to serve the community and it's set up in a way each one is a little different. But if I were if you were to throw a bunch in a bucket, most of them are. They take the um, it's the let me what is it area median income now there's a I trick see. to that so the area median income they take that number which I think in last year was I believe uh, well here's the catch 
the area median income for Harlem happens to be Manhattan. So although they are meant to be for affordable living, they use the AMI of Manhattan, which is $154,000 last year, or it was 120000 and you multiply it, apply it by 165 and you end up with you can make $154,000 and still qualify. But you can make as little, and some of them you don't have a minimum. So someone making 30, 40, 50, or 60 can also buy these units. Some of them do have minimums, so it, but a lot don't. I, I could imagine, and I, I, I see the opportunities within the piece. And uh, I know in uh, your our, our last, I think, of February 28th for March, in the Upper Manhattan Real Estate Update that uh, you do a monthly piece on, uh, obviously the focus is on uh, first-time uh, home buyers. Uh, does that also apply to the first home? first-time home buyers. What about age when it comes to, is it focused on more of someone who might be it's, younger like your son or? It's focused, no, it's focused, on, it's focused on income and it just, it hurts me to say 154000 because that's a lot of money. That's not, that's not affordable housing in my opinion. Uh, but, but understand there are other rules in place that knock out uh, wealthy investors. So, for instance, you have to live there. Uh, you can't rent it out. Or if you do rent it out, it's a very minimum amount of time. Like if you had a job transfer or something, then you have to – if your intention is not to live there, this is not for you. So it's for homeowners that want to live in their unit, and the, and the income goes up uh, gradually as you have more people in your family. So if you have a family of four, for instance – that was the, that's 100 and, uh, 154 was the AMI last year, which again is a lot of money. But it, it, all the investors are not competing with you because if it's run properly and by the rules, the investors can't buy it and rent it out, so they really bypass it, gotcha. which means the, the people from the community usually end up buying them, and that's good to live there. Well, you know, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it sounds. Uh fantastic so far and i'm i'm pretty familiar with the program more from what i've heard but not from what i've read uh but you know i just want to go back for a second before we you know go forward uh and talk about real estate and uh some may say inflation some may say a coming inflation where do you stand on um has inflation raised its ugly head uh from your line of sight, uh, and if it has, how has it affected the real estate market, even though it's early yet? So in, in Manhattan, I deal in Upper Manhattan only. That's the um, that's my area. So in Upper Manhattan, and you can see from our report since prior to COVID, you know they go back 15 years. Um, the real estate properties, the free market townhouses and condominiums, they've held steady. And some have gone up slightly. The condos have gone up slightly. The townhouses have held steady since 2017. They were going up in 2019, and then you know COVID hit. But they haven't lost value. So that hmm. stands the test for uh, wow. Harlem being a community that can withstand uh, what it's gone through. So they haven't lost value, but hmm. it's been pretty flat for five years. If you look at the you know bell curve or something. So right. so the inflation. My real estate portfolio, uh, my house hasn't gone up in value, but I'm paying, you know, 
30% more for a Coca-Cola and, you know, nine dollars for a chopped cheese i used to get for you know 550 that's right so no from a real estate standpoint it's still affordable because everything else has gone up and real estate has uh, held steady that's one thing that hasn't gone held up steady and that's yeah I, that's kind of surprising because i quite it frankly is. um on the outside looking in thought that uh the real estate numbers would uh not skyrocket but they would definitely go up and as opposed to staying flat well, outside of the urban areas, they went up everywhere, and you know now now it's time for the urban areas to hopefully go up. But no, the urban areas, you know, there was a lot of urban flight during COVID, and then there was a lot yes, of yes. you know crime, and then there was a lot of people that changed their ways of you know they don't have to be in the office, and you know so yeah, in the suburbs things went up fifty, sixty percent, but not in the urban areas. Nope. So I, from from what I hear you saying, then that uh, real estate sounds like a, a great in, investment. I have a little bit of my money in uh, precious metals, uh, and I don't know what the, you know, how competitive precious metals in real estate is. But uh, I, I really am considering investing in real estate. I mean, it if it's holding flat uh right now uh with uh inflation sticking its ugly head up that uh that pretends well for real estate in a sense do you but think if, that will if hold if you believe yeah if you believe in urban areas like i do and you believe they're going to survive this then it's a great investment 100% oh, yeah. and it's and as far as you're talking about investment we were talking about the hdfcs the reason an hdfc is a great investment is not because you're going to sell it for a ton more than you bought it for because there's restrictions even on the sale. You have to give some money back to the HDFC, to the building, when you sell it. There's a percentage you give back called a flip tax. The benefit is only if you want to live in your community that you buy it in, and that's that's going to be your home for 20 or 30 years, and you're going to leave it to your kids. If you want to buy it and rent it, you can't do it. If you want to buy it and sell it for the value that normal real estate goes up, you're not going to be able to because you're going to have to pay some of that profit back to the the uh, building. Back. So HDFCs are specifically set up. And I think it's it's interesting because I'm an investor yeah. in real estate at heart, a little off balance in that area, and that's what I've done my whole life. But I really am intrigued with how these HDFCs were put together so that it really defers people who want to buy them as an investment to – make money on the equity right. it, it, and really unless you want to it it makes it amenable for people who want to live there they're going to benefit they can afford to live in manhattan that's the answer and that's what makes them so unique and i love them for that reason and my son wants a place to live in manhattan he's not worried about what he's going to sell it for he wants to get a job back in manhattan in his 20s right. and live here and raise his family here so that's that's what made me so attracted to him most recently is because it's emotional it's only a way he yeah. can afford to move back here. I'm not giving him the money. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right, Dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just let me do a quick station ID, Rob, and let our listeners know they're listening to Harlem World Radio podcast uh, with myself, Danny Tisdale, on the show. And of course, as we always do, we're speaking to leaders, legends, and trailblazers. And today we're speaking to uh, Rob Fair from uh, Harlem Lofts. And of course, we're talking about the uh, HDFC, Housing Development Fund Corporation Cooperatives. And quite frankly, it sounds uh, pretty exciting. And I've, of course, heard of HDFC since being in Harlem. But 
knew about them on the outside looking in, and, and now I'm, I'm getting a, a clearer picture and speaking to uh, Rob. You know, Rob, there are some listeners out there who are saying, well, you know, this program sounds fantastic. I've heard of it or I haven't heard of it. What do you suggest, you know, next step be for someone who, uh, you know, is saying that to themselves? You know, Rob is making a lot of sense. The program sounds incredible. Harlem Lofts already is managing some of these businesses. But what do you suggest next steps be for, you know, someone who might be interested in the program? Well, you know, we talked about the ones that have the, most of them have this rule of, you know, a percentage of the area median income. But there are some, like we have, we have one on 144th where you cannot make more than $65,000 a year or you, you don't qualify. And you have to show your tax return. Hmm. So that is ideal for uh, young teachers or, you know, new policemen right. or firemen, someone that's, that's a neighborhood-based person that's just starting out in a career and they can get in now. And the way that particular HDFC is set up is once they purchase it, the number changes, so they're able to sell it to the next person at a more profitable rate, but it, it, it is still limited. So, again, if you don't want to live there for right. 10, 20 years, it's not good, but you're going to get this unit for under 200000 in Manhattan, in Harlem, but that's Manhattan. So that, you know, there are different ones and each building is separate. And when you're looking on the real estate website, you'll see restricted sale. And if a broker's doing his job, he'll, he'll identify it as a restricted sale. So people know, you know, pass over this if you're an investor. And this is really set aside for community and homeowners that want to live in the community. Well, yeah, Rob, that makes a lot of sense. And you do such a fantastic job of uh, explaining it. Um, and we've been talking about your son who is uh, 18, 19, something like that, not 20 yet. What about someone who is, uh, you know, for our audience, your son would be at the bottom of our demo, uh, top right. of our demo, probably 35 to 40. What about someone who's, a, I guess they probably would say a little older, but um, what about somebody who's older? Well, it's it's not and, it's not age restricted, so it's, in, it's income thing. restricted. Yeah, it's it's going to be income restricted. So if they're starting out in a career, or you know, they're an artist or something, and and they're they're not making a lot now, you lock in on one of these things, and and it's not limited. You don't have to continue to make uh, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Once you're locked in and you buy it, you can make as much as you want. So it's really set aside for people that are starting careers or starting a new. Um, Fund or you know just they have a job that pays fifty sixty thousand. Um, the ones that are limited, the one the one that I was just talking about that you can't make more than sixty eight thousand to purchase it. So that that limits the buyer pool buyer pool by seventy percent of the population uh, that are looking for real estate. So it really brings the price down to an affordable rate. It's under two hundred thousand, and that's in Manhattan. That's unheard of. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's da excuse my language. That's damn good. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's not the most beautiful unit in you know in the building. You're gonna have to do some um, you know some repairs on a lot of these, but you know you're getting mm -hmm. your foot in the door and you're getting a, a place in a in Manhattan. And this is really an investment property. At least it sounds like it to me. You know that you investing your time, your your family's time into the space, and like you said, you aren't looking to move. You are invested in 
invested to stay there. So it's that kind of program. And I, I think that that's the way it should be. You know, it's that's the kind of investment it is. Well, you would pay twice as much rent, a unit of the same size. And now if you live there for 20 years, you do the math and you've made, you know, Fifteen twenty thousand dollars you saved a year. You've made you know that's a quarter million dollars in in twenty years um, that you've invested back into your community, into yourself, and you, you know saved it from paying rent to someone. And you've owned and you own the unit, and you can pass it down for generations. So if you're going to live there, and yeah, and I haven't heard children, of the- it's a great investment. That's right. Yeah. Especially long term. You know, uh, whatever I try to invest the little money that I have, it's always long term. And I'm looking to sit on it, sit on that investment unless, uh, you know, something, uh, you know, changes in in some way dramatically. Um, It is a great program. And of course, it's in my favorite date in in my uh, uh, favorite home, which is Harlem. Do you know of other programs like this uh, across the nation, or is this a, in some ways a one-off? You know, I do not, uh, and this is not the area of, of my expertise outside of my neighborhood. So this, again, my attraction here mm-hmm. is because it's in the neighborhood that I live, not necessarily the uh, real estate investment, um, you know, purchasing and selling and stuff that I do here. This is, uh, this is of interest because it's uh, something that's affordable for my neighbors and my son and Right. I don't know if it, you know, maybe San Francisco, but I'm sure they have programs. But no, it's pretty, pretty unique to Harlem, as far as I know. Yeah, and and other yeah, parts and, of Manhattan and, uh, that are similar. Great, great point. Um, and as I suspected, and we talked about, you know, we're at the last few minutes here, and uh, I wanted to just ask you a, a specific, uh, well, specific Harlem question, but another specific Harlem question. Where, what's one of your favorite places? In Harlem, for those who are listening across the nation or wherever they may be, and they come to Harlem and they may want to go to a spot that you love to go to, is there a spot that you go to in Harlem, uh, Rob? That you know, it's kind of your getaway, you know, spot. I mean, that you I go obviously to? have my little. I- I have my restaurants and watering holes, but I don't want to um, promote them right now. I'll tell you that I, I run a little bit, and um, I don't I don't want it to be a promotion. So I go to Morningside Park around 117th Street. That's just absolutely beautiful. The uh, lake there, um, you know, I live closer to Mount Morris Park. Morningside Park is my getaway, and then the very tip of Central Park at 110. Uh, they, It's just, you know, both of them have ponds and ducks and tree, willow trees, and I'm a country boy, so – uh, going and sitting un- under one of those trees and uh, kind of regrouping is uh, that's that's two of my favorite places. And just walking just well, very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that park is uh, beautiful. So I, I can imagine why you selected it. And uh, Rob, thank you for being on the show. But before you leave, uh, I love the conversation about the house- housing development fund corporation cooperatives. But if our readers want to uh, stay in touch with you and connect with you, can you give them? your contact information, URL, email, website that you'd want them to uh, reach out to you on? Sure. It's Harlem Lofts. We're at 272 Lennox Avenue between 123 and 124th. And uh, you just hit YouTube Harlem Lofts, and you'll see all of our real estate reports, not necessarily on the HDSCs. Um, and then our uh, my email, robert.p at harlemlofts.com. It's the best way to reach me personally. Or stop by our office at Lennox Avenue. Thank you, We'd Rob. Love to see you. We have, we have a storefront. That's right, right off of 125th Street. Rob, thank you so much for being on the show, and you know I'll talk to you soon. Uh, Thank you again, and um, hope to speak to you soon. Ciao, ciao.
Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Danny. Bye-bye.